All right. Good evening. It is May 28th, 2020. Welcome to the very first podcast of Legacy Battle. Let me apologize ahead of time. There is a storm in the area. It has knocked out my power and internet once already. Hopefully that doesn't happen again. We'll see how it goes. If it does, we'll get signed back on as soon as we can and, and try and go live again um, just to get through this first show. But it wouldn't be a first show without some kinks, right? Um, so we're going to try to come to you live every month, possibly bi-weekly. We'll see how it goes, uh, where our panel is going to discuss and debate and choose who has the better legacy. Should you like this podcast, please give us a thumbs up at the bottom. Leave any positive comments that you might have. If you say, hey, this was the greatest thing I ever seen, then just go ahead and hit that, that heart emoji and, and tell us you love us. We'd love to hear that. And then, yeah, you could be that person who says, oh, my gosh, why did I just waste all that time in my life? And you want to leave some constructive criticism. It's all good. Just like in the wrestling business, whether you're cheered or booed, as long as they watch and stay tuned. So leave that constructive criticism. Um, but we're happy to have you here watching live on the recorded version available on Facebook group. Um, we'll also be posting the recording version uh, on our personal pages and it'll be uh, in the group page as well. Um, if you haven't joined the group page, please join it. You'll be able to get updates and announcements for upcoming podcasts. Um, you'll be able to uh, join into and even post your own debates in the comment sections. If we like the the comment debate enough we could use it for a future podcast and possibly even have you join in on it live with us so you know feel free to start debates in the group so tonight for our first podcast on legacy battle we're taking on the 1992 united states men's basketball olympic team versus the 2012 team um, the last dance tearing it up in the ratings we thought a good place to start would be with something that involved michael jordan um, tonight's topic comes from a group member, Ginger Schiff, thank you for that, who eight years ago brought this up to me and we had a, a mini debate back then. Um, so today we're going to dive into it, debate it, choose the victor in our opinions uh, at the end of the show. But before we do, uh, this being the first show, just want to introduce the panel, let you know a little bit about ourselves. Um, I am your host, I'm Michael Adams, I'm going to be a member of the panel as well. A little sports background on me. Um, I'm a two-time Hockey Cranberry Cup winner, two-time most viable goalie selection, um, section champ in soccer up in Pennsylvania. I was a coach and referee for hockey for six years, baseball for five years, soccer for five years, football coach for three years, girls fast pitch softball coach for one year, and for seven years ran a scorebook and uh, was a time operator for basketball. Um, been part of several championship teams in various levels of sports. Um, even chess, and yes, I consider chess a sport. I am a three-time fantasy football champion. I only mention that because August will be our fantasy football special. Uh, I'm also trying to win my first team golf mm -hmm. tournament, but with guys like uh, Kevin and Brett on my team, that's really hard. So, but we'll see. Um, in my spare time, I'm, I'm a husband, a father, published writer. You can find some mm -hmm. of my stuff on Amazon. Please buy it, could always use the money. And I'm a graduate of the University of Pittsburgh. So uh, let's meet our other panel members. Let's go to uh, Brian first. Go ahead, Brian. Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, I'm a devout football fan. I like basketball, hockey, uh, baseball as well. I played some uh, baseball, little league when I was younger. I played some football, uh, you know, up in high school. Um, mm -hmm. Played some hockey in my early adulthood. Um, always, been a, always been a big sports fan uh, going way back. I mean, when I was when I was a kid, I was you know played in the backyard. I was you know Dan Marino, I was my hero. Um, you know, so yeah, sports always been a big part of my life. Um, so going forward, I'm really looking forward to these uh, legacy battles. This is something I really like pour myself into, and uh, and so um, yeah, I'm really glad to be here. All right, great. And uh, we'll go next to uh, just the man I know who's going to give me the biggest debate because he's been disagreeing with everything I've said since the day he was born. That would be my brother, Kevin. Go ahead. Uh, hey, everybody. It's Kevin Adams. Um, I'd say I'm a pretty avid sports fan across the board. I will say, though, basketball is one of my least uh, knowledgeable um, sports, I would say, because um, I never really 
could play basketball due to my height. Um, but I played uh, multiple sports growing up. I played uh, soccer, hockey, track, wrestling. Um, I've won multiple championships in floor hockey, deck hockey, inline hockey. Um, took a team to the playoffs my senior year in ice hockey. Um, got MVP uh, for the year on that team. Uh, my hockey career continued into college. I played inline hockey for Penn State. Uh, made a collegiate all-star game my freshman year um, in Philadelphia. Um, my hockey career didn't stop there because I continued playing adult leagues um, with actually my brother. Actually, all three of the other panelists um, were on my team, and we've also uh, won a handful of championships together. Um, all three or all three of the panelists have won um, a couple titles with me. Um, I as well coached and refed uh, multiple sports: uh, soccer, hockey, uh, inline hockey. Um, T-ball. Um, I coached my first hockey team at age 11. Coached an eight and nine-year-old team. They went undefeated, won a championship, um, and half of them were taller than me. Um, I do multiple fantasy sports. I've done fantasy hockey, fantasy football. I've won a couple championships throughout some of the leagues I played in for fantasy football. I've been on DraftKings. I've been on FanDuel. Um, so I have that fantasy side of me down. Um, and I'm looking forward as well, like Brian said, uh, to these debates uh, moving forward and the different topics that we're going to be covering um, within the next couple of months. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, it should be fun. Um, if you guys uh, disagree with me, obviously let me know. Um, but keep it clean. All right. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And last but not least, uh, a former teammate of mine as well, of course, in hockey. Uh, Brett, go ahead. Hello, everybody. Uh, my name is Brett Ebert. Uh, basically, I'll start off with I'm a sports enthusiast like all these guys here. Uh, if you can't tell what my number one sport is, just look at the hat there. Uh, I played hockey for about 15 years of my life, um, on and off as an adult and as a kid. I uh, love the sport, will always love it. Uh, I've coached football or I do coach football and basketball uh, at the middle school level for over five years. Um, actually, my second year in, we carried both our football and basketball teams to a district championship and pretty much almost wanted to quit coaching at that point because I was at the highest peak, but I'm still hanging in there with it. Um, I currently coach developmental athletes uh, ages around 12 to 18 um, at Myers Training Systems. It's a place in Oldsmar, Florida. Uh, we train these athletes to, you know, be at the peak performance for whatever sport they may play in. Um, so I've been doing that for about two and a half years now, and I'm going to be continuing. Uh, it's a really fun thing to do. I mean, uh, overall, I love to uh, golf, be active in general, love to build things, uh, very big into woodworking, things like that. Uh, just like these guys, I mean, I've been playing fantasy football, uh, fantasy hockey, but really fantasy football for over, I mean, 10 years, 12 years. Um, I think I uh, won myself a championship there in Kevin's League two years back. So, you know, we've, we've all got these uh, very big commons here and we look forward to debating some of these things that we bring up and looking to have a little fun. But same thing, as they all said, if you have anything you want to share with us any topics, any debates, you know, you, you disagree with us. Again, keep it clean, but please share your, your disagreements. We're all open for it and we look forward to it. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you guys. So we are here to talk sports. Every time we come to you, we can talk sports with you in the, in the comments section as well. Um, we just ask that you, you keep it to sports. We leave politics out of this. We are just here to have some fun and, and, uh, enjoy each other's company. So with that, let's get into it. We're going to start with the 1992 team. Uh, I'm going to give you a little introduction on some of it. Uh, so with the 92 team, the coaching staff uh, consisted of the head coach, Chuck Daly, and all these and all this information will be what they had done up to that point in their career. So by 92, Chuck Daly had taken the Pistons to two titles. Assistant coach P.J. Carlissimo, he was uh, responsible for the turnaround at Seton Hall. Uh, name I'm always going to have trouble saying, Mike Krzyzewski. Uh, of course, Duke coach. Uh, at that point, he had uh, had two titles back-to-back, -back, uh, mainly thanks to Christian Leitner. And Lenny Wilkins, who uh, had won a title with the Supersonics. 
The uh, team won 8-0 in the Olympics, beating Angola, Croatia, Germany, Brazil, Spain, Puerto Rico, Lithuania, and in the gold medal game, beating Croatia again, 117-85. to Their leading scorer was Charles Barkley with an average of 18 points. As for the 2012 team, coaching staff was, the head coach was Mike Krzyzewski. At that point, he was now four-time national champion coach. Uh, Jim Beheim was assistant, uh, obviously had Carmelo Anthony won uh, at Syracuse. Uh, Mike, Mike D'Antoni uh, was the 2005 coach of the year for the Suns. Nate McMillan, Nate McMillan who coached the uh, Sonics for five years and the Portland Trailblazers for seven years. They also went 8-0 in the Olympics, beating France, Tunisia, Nigeria, Lithuania, Argentina, Australia, Argentina again. And in the gold medal game, they beat Spain 107 to 100. Their leading scorer was Kevin Durant uh, with 19.5 points per game. So we're going to jump into the debate. We're going to go by position. Um, and then we'll take it down to some of the competition that they had played. And by the end of the cast, hopefully uh, figure out who was better. So I'm going to start right off. We're going to go on the forwards and uh, Kevin Adams, I'm going to, I'm going to come to you and uh, see who you got on the forwards uh, being the better group, whether it's going to be 92 or 12. Um, the 92 forwards were Larry Bird, Scottie Pippen, Carl Malone, Chris Mullen, Charles Barkley. 2012 forwards were Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Andre Iguodala, Carmelo Anthony. Uh, you you left one out actually. Yeah, didn't uh, Latner play power forward? Christian Latner was a uh, was a, a forward as well. Well, we're going to be yeah. doing the we're going to be doing the rookies as their own section. So or the, 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 the college people, we're going to have a little Christian Latner versus Anthony Davis debate after we go position by position. So, gotcha. Okay. And Kevin Love was a forward, however, due to injuries, he had to fill in at center. So we're going to um, have him in the center section. Okay. Yeah, him and Tyson Chandler. Yep. Yeah. It's a shame if Dwight Howard wasn't injured that year, he would have been filling in there at center too. Big body. Yeah. And that would have been the uh, that would have been the the height and the size would have helped them there. Mm -hmm. At least any two team. But um, so you know the Fords. Um, this is this is a tough one because um, I mean you have multiple championships, um, scoring titles, um, on both sides. Um, Barkley, uh, you know, he led the, the team in 92, um, shot, uh, 71% for a field goal percentage, um, and averaged, uh, eight points per game. Um, he had the size, uh, he could drive to the net, um, I mean, this could go this 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 one could go either way. Um, I think most of them probably will go either way. But uh, yeah, who, who who do you like? So I like Charles Barkley on the starting lineup for '92. Carmelo Anthony was a beast um, back then. Um, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he has the most um, points. Um, in the Olympics, if I'm not mistaken, for Team USA, um, overall total. Um, but um, size, size wise, 92 team destroys them. Um, physicality wise, driving to the net, um, they destroy them. Um, but I will say the 2012 team has uh, the quickness. They had, I feel, they had better shooting. Um, better dribbling, um, LeBron, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, uh, Kevin Durant. I mean, the three of them, um, their athleticism um, is just one that just blows all of them away. As far as uh, when they're playing, though, uh, time frames, it was a different game in 92. 92, uh, you could drive down the middle, you could get hit, you could get pushed and there wouldn't be no fouls nowadays in 2012 and later i mean you go down the middle you get tapped and it's a foul um agreed i think the physicality uh in 92 i don't think the 2012 team could have matched up against it because i think they would have been pushed around um 
that's good. On, on, that's good. On that note, uh, Brett, let me ask you. Mm-hmm. Any of those fours from 2012, have they ever played against another defender like Scottie Pippen? I'm going to be honest, no. And that's going to be a common theme of mine tonight. I mean, you'll see it is the physicality of the the teams from the nine, you know, the nineties and the early two thousands. Um, I mean, you look at some of the statistics that come out and I mean, I think the 92 team was holding teams to like 36 or 35% shooting percentage overall. And then you look at the 2012 Olympic team and they were sitting at like 51 to 52%. It was just, and that's kind of the NBA nowadays is, you know, you look at the players again, not that it's not more athletic. It definitely is uh, when it comes to it, but it's just the scoring percentages and everything has gone so high that if you're really trying to compare the forwards, I mean, it all comes down to as well matchups. Cause if you say I'm putting Larry Bird on LeBron James, <laughs> Larry Bird has no shot to cover LeBron James. LeBron James would dance circles around him. Or, yeah. yeah. But if you're talking, you know, Scottie Pippen against Carmelo Anthony, Carmelo Anthony shut down the entire Carmelo can't even get shots off clean right now. And now you're talking one of the most physical defenders or Barkley, you know, throw Barkley out there. Nobody's driving down the lane freely on Barkley. He's standing there. He's going to make you take him out to get to the hoop. And I mean, that's, that's how I look at the forwards. Again, it's, it's a tough choice and you'd look at matchups and each side has their advantages. Again, you put, Chris Mullen against Durant. Durant wins it, in my opinion. Um, but, again, then you talk about Carl Malone. you you got all these different guys that the 92 team could kind of sub in and out. But you got really, in my eyes, the only guys that were dangerous was LeBron James and Kevin Durant from 2012. So that's where I'm at. Good. And I just want to add, in, in 2012, I mean, you also – I think it just shows that the defense in, in – later on wasn't um, as tough as it was back in 92 uh, with the physicality as well, because almost every one of the forwards, if I'm not mistaken, in 2012, they averaged double digit points per game. Um, whereas uh, the 92 team, not every forward averaged double points. Um, and I will say uh, one of the things that I uh, researched was uh, in 2009, 2010, the actual, the actual hoop of the basketball hoop, was manufactured by a different company and became a breakaway rim, 180 degrees all, all around, which they showed that following season that it's per game and shooting percentage also went up because it gave more give, which made softer bounces, which made balls go in a little bit more. So I know it's not much. That also helps add to their point totals. Sounds like baseball juice in the balls, right? <laughs> well, it's true. They did it for safety reasons. They say it was – Safe for the players to dunk the ball. So did Tom Brady. (laughs) (laughs) So let me let me go to Brian. Brian, on the list of forwards on the uh, 2012 and the 92 team, who's your weakest player on each? Well, I'd say I mean, uh, excluding Leitner, obviously, uh, for the 92 team, I'd have to say it was probably Bird. I mean, although he was still he still averaging over 20 points a game, he was still solid. He was definitely – he wasn't where he was in the, in the mid-'80s for sure when he was, you know, completely dominant. So I'd say he's probably the weakest guy there, um, which, you know, to have your weakest guy still be a 20-point scorer and a guy was, you know, <laughs> uh, still playing at a high level, that's not a bad thing. Um, on the 2012 side, I'd say that'd be Iggy. I mean, Iggy was only averaging 13 mm-hmm. points a game. He really mm-hmm. – his game really um, – expanded a lot over the years but at that point in time he really wasn't um as, as dynamic of a player as he came to be later on and so um so yeah i would say he would be the the weakest link there as well um i mean with with the you know with the, the original dream team i'm looking at these you know you got you got five guys that that averaged over 20 points a game and I mean, just the, the interchangeability, like what Brett said, you know, I mean, one guy gets tired of whatever you're putting another guy in there. That's just as high quality. I mean, that was really something, um, you know, the, the depth of those forwards was just something that was, uh, uh, it has to be, it can't be overstated. Uh, really the depth of the 2012 team wasn't, wasn't really there after Camar- Carmelo and, and LeBron and Durant, you know, but then after that, it was, you know, it kind of faded a little bit. So, uh, 
I, and I, I completely agree. I mean, Larry Bird, Larry Legend, he had some back problems later in his career, as everybody knows. Like you said, he did still average 20 points, which just was amazing. And uh, his minutes were definitely cut in the Olympics. Um, he, they were trying to keep him healthy. Um, and Iggy, of course, like you said, he was only averaging 13 points in the 2011-2012 uh, season. Um, it, it's All of these are going to be tough. Uh, to say who's better. Durant, I mean, he was averaging 28 points, but so was Malone. Um, Malone was more in the prime of his career. Durant was only 23. He would only get better. LeBron was uh, not much older than that as well. So they would have had their their youth and their legs, Mm -hmm. but uh, the savviness of the veterans over on the forward side for the 92 team is just amazing. You also have Chris Mullen, who may be the, one of the best pure shooters in in NBA history. Uh, He's often forgotten by a lot of people in history, Um, but he was an amazing player. Averaged 26 points, uh, 91, 92 uh, for the, the Warriors. So he definitely could put it in. So, let me ask each one of you, 92 or 2012? Um, Brett, who you off? All right. Um, Just for I the had to, Yeah, if I had to give a, a an edge, it's, it's going to have to go to the 1992 team for sure just because of, like Brian said, the depth that that team had at that position. When you're looking at those players there, they have a couple weak links, but overall – it is a solid team that you'd be hard pressed to put together uh, even nowadays uh, with, with the, the way the NBA has changed. So I'm going to have to go with uh, 92 on, on that one. 92. Kevin. Um, well, I want to point out when I said the, the double digits per game, I was going by just the international play at the Olympics, um, not their overall season. Cause I was focusing on the Olympic um, international play at that point. But um I don't know, based on physicality, I would have to agree 92. Um, but again, <laughs> if if 92 played in 2012, I think 2012 probably would take them because the roles would change. Half of them would probably foul out within the first half. Um, <laughs> but if, if 2012 played back in 92, they would probably get manhandled by the 92 team. But overall, just physicality, size, um, Points per game, players in the Hall of Fame, uh, top 50 of all time, top 50 all scorers of all time. I have to go with 92. And Brian? Yeah, I'm going to go with 92 also. I'm, you know, I, I just look at the five main forwards there. I mean, you have you have a couple shooters in Mullen and Bird. You have, you know, a defensive guy and, and Pippen. And then you've got a couple of just overall great scores, you know, guys that can get to the net and, and uh, Malone and Barkley. So this was a nice blend um, and also just very high level stuff. The um, nine, the 2012 team didn't quite job that same way. It was kind of a lot of the same type of players that really didn't have the same, uh, you know, dynamic dynamics that the, uh, that the 1992 team had. So I, I overall talent, overall just workability of the, of the team in general, I got to go with 1992. So that's three for 92, and, and I'm going to make it a four uh, for 92 on the forwards. Like we said, I don't think any of those forwards from 2012 has ever seen a defender like Scottie Pippen. That doesn't exist in today's NBA. Um, and gosh, there's nobody like Charles Barkley in 92 in today's NBA. I, I would think some players from today, you know, would run away from him. Uh, he was that good. So I am giving my vote to 92 as well. So let's take it to the centers now. The 92 team, we got David Robinson, Patrick Ewing. The 2012 team, we got Tyson Chandler, Kevin Love. Uh, Brian, we'll let you start this one out. Who you got and why? Okay, well, yeah, I mean, you look at, first off, look at 2012. You got Tyson Chandler. He only averaged 10, 10 and a half points. Um, he was never an all-star the rest of his career after after 2012. Uh, he just kind of faded after that. Um, Love, 18.3. Uh, 
good, you know, good presence, but yes, like you pointed out earlier, center wasn't really his natural position. He's more of a natural forward. Um, you know, he got, that's really where he made money. Uh, so he was a little bit out of place in that spot. Um, then he's you look a phenomenal at player. So the fact that he oh, can make the switch, you know, oh, not, without a doubt, without a doubt. Yeah. And then, then you look at 1992, I mean, just a, a beast in Patrick Ewing, uh, the average four points that year. Um, he was just a, a, a nightmare in the middle for as far as, you know, blocks and try, you know, try and get around Patrick Ewing. That ain't easy. Uh, and then you had, you had David Robinson. He, he averaged 23.2 uh, points and he led the NBA in blocks. So uh, he was just absolutely beast. Um, just the, the wingspan on, the, on those guys. Uh, you, you, you couldn't guard them. Um, you, you couldn't, you couldn't uh, go against them in the middle. It just, um, I think it's just overwhelming for this one. Uh, I'm going to go towards that uh, 1992. 92. Okay. So I'm going to go next here on this one. I, I first want to say about the 2012 centers through no fault of their own. They are both excellent players, but if it weren't for injuries, they wouldn't even be there. I believe Brett, you mentioned Dwight Howard earlier. Let's yeah. not forget Blake Griffin. Yeah. Uh, that's true. And uh, Chris Bosch. Okay. Bosch was coming off titles with Miami. He would have been the perfect compliment uh, for LeBron. And and D Wade had D Wade not been injured uh, down there on the on the guards, we put those three in there. This could this could all be a, a different story, but um, points wise, Brown is right. Uh, Robinson Ewing they're going to dominate in the points. The the boards rebounds. Ninety two season, twenty twelve season in the NBA, they actually between the two of them on both sides averaged twenty three. So I'm gonna call that a push, but I'm going to go to the blocks, David Robinson and Patrick Ewing uh, rounded up and down, but they were averaging four blocks, three blocks a game in the NBA. Chandler, one block. Kevin Love, one block. Granted, Love wasn't at center, so that didn't help his cause any. Um, and even on the steals, you got David Robinson. I mean, he averaged two steals, which doesn't sound like a lot, but he was the center. Uh, you know, Chandler and Love are only averaging one. So uh, I'm giving it to the, the 92 centers as well. Um, Brett. Yeah. Um, is the size, is the size too much for the 2012 team on the centers from the 92? I just think so. Um, to me, and I, I think Brian hit on this too, to me, actually, I agree that this was probably my easiest, uh, easiest one to pick just because I, I mean, I'll admit I'm not the, you know, the world's largest basketball fan, but I definitely watched it a lot growing up. Um, and David Robinson and Patrick Ewing were basically my, my time. Like that's who I watched and watching them play. And again, again, no fault of their own Tyson Chandler and Kevin Love, but they don't, in my book, they don't even compare uh, to, you know, Patrick Ewing and David Robinson at all. Uh uh, not to be mean, but yeah, they they shouldn't even really share the court when it comes to talking about who could really dominate. My opinion. I I agree. Uh, Robinson or Ewing are Hall of Famers. Love will probably get in. I don't see Tyson Chandler getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, no, no, I've seen his stats. No. I think he has maybe one All Star game, if I'm correct on that. I think he has three. But yeah, three. that was that was the end of it for him though. Nineteen eight yeah. or uh, to twenty twelve. That was that was it for him. Right, right. And I know he's still hanging on to what thirty-seven now, but yeah. Kevin, how about you? What do you what do you got on this one? Um I mean you guys already touched base on their career stats. Um and kinda they kind of speak for themselves, but if you switch over to the international play stats, um the two thousand twelve team, their shot percentage was better between the two centers over the ninety-two team. Um they averaged more rebounds. Um, where Patrick Ewing and David Robinson, they average about 4.6. Um, Love and Chandler um, were closer to about five and a half. Um, points per game. Um, points per game, actually, Ewing and uh, Patrick Ewing and David Robinson, they averaged more um, by just a little bit. Um, but we also got to look at the fact that the 92 team in the international play only faced 17 NBA players total. 
whereas the 2012 team, they faced 39 NBA plays, players total. So it was completely <clears throat> more of an all-star team uh, for the other countries in the 2012 you know, Olympics compared to the 92 Olympics. Uh, 92 team basically didn't really face anybody. Um, so, I mean, it's harder to judge on this one based on, um, you know, I mean, the NBA stats, I mean, they are, they are what they are. Um, you know, the international play, I feel like the, the 2012 team was better. Um, but again, you go back to size and physicality. Um, the 92 team outweighed and outmatched height uh, of the 2012 team. And so I would have to side with the 2012 team, or I'm sorry, the 92 team. Okay. All right. So let's move on to the guards. Um, where it gets interesting. Yeah. And Brett, I'm, I'm going to come to you first on this. And my question for you is, does Kobe Bryant negate Michael Jordan? Woo. Are they a wash? Are they a wash? got to ask me the tough question. Um, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say MJ, uh, his airness. Um, it's, it's, it's a close match again, Kobe. Uh, the late Kobe, rest in peace, sir. Definitely got to mention that. Um, it's it's a close match, but in a one-on-one -on -one game, I'm giving Jordan uh, six six out of ten wins. I'm giving him the slight edge just because I think again, growing up in the in the uh, time that he did, or you know, playing in the time that he did, gives him that edge. Uh, Whereas Kobe has some of the skills that, that, that Jordan might struggle with a little bit, but uh, I'm going with Jordan on a slight edge. And now th this, I I'd like to hear whatever anybody else might have to say on this of whether they think that might be a washout. Well, I'm going to agree with you on your analysis, except I'm giving Jordan seven games. And for this reason, Jordan comes in at, I believe, 29 years old. Kobe is 34. This isn't, 29-year-old Kobe. This is MJ in his prime. This is pre-baseball. I mean, some will debate that he was better when he came back from baseball, but regardless. Not the Wizards. <laughs> regardless, I, I would take Jordan over Kobe. Yeah. So I agree with you on that. Brian, who's got the depth? Uh, okay, we have to take a look at the roster. You got – you have Jordan – and Drexler, Magic, and Stockton for uh, for the 92 team. And then for the 2012 team, you have Harden, Kobe, Westbrook, uh, Paul, and uh, Darren Williams. Thank so, you for that. I, I, I did mean to say that. But, you know, first show kinks. So we're, we're, we're going along <laughs> as we can. Appreciate that. Oh, good. Yeah. So, I mean, there's an extra player there for, for 2012. So that, that affects things some. But – um. But yeah, I mean Jordan, he was the he was the leader, uh, the, the scoring leader that year, thirty one and a half points. Um, that still wasn't his best season ever, but it was still right there in his prime, right you know, right in the strike zone. Uh, I think that I mean that I, I think he's better than anybody I see on the other side uh, for sure. Um, Clyde Drexler, uh, twenty five points a game at that point. Um, that was right before he joined up with Hakeem Olajuwon and, and won it all with the Rockets. So he was still a blazer then. So he was still, he was carrying that team in Portland. Mm -hmm. um, that you had Magic Johnson, who, who he didn't play the season before uh, because of the HIV thing. Yeah. But, I mean, he did come back in 95 and 96 and still averaged about 14 points. So I took just, uh, just to get an idea of where he may have been in, in 92 – I took his, his uh, 91 uh, points per game and his 95, 96 points per game, averaged them out, and it would average out to 17. So that's still pretty solid. Uh, and then, yeah, John Stockton, you know, and he led the NBA in assists and steals. Yep. Um, so that's – I mean, that's pretty deep on that side if you think about it. I mean, you get everything that Jordan could do. Uh, Drexler was able – he was able to carry a team himself. And then you have two of the the – the very best um, uh, passers in, that ever played the game and, and Magic Johnson and, and uh, John Stockton. Um, so that's pretty deep. Uh, on the other side, Harden, his, I mean, his game is still kind of limited now, but it was really limited then. Uh, I mean, he's a great scorer, but he doesn't really have a whole lot else to his game. 
Pierre was only averaging 17 in the NBA. I don't even I think it was maybe 22. Uh, he, uh, he, had, yeah. he had 20, he had 25.9 that season. Uh, so he was coming on, coming into his own at that point in time. But at the same time, it was, you know, just looking at his overall game, it wasn't real developed yet. Uh, the same could be said for Westbrook. Um, uh, Paul was, you know, he was the leader in steals that year. Uh, and Darren Williams was kind of, uh, you know, uh, short, kind of a short-lived, short shelf life for his uh, dominance. But um, so, yeah, on this one here, I'm going to go with the, uh, um, I'm going to go with 1992 as well. I just think that their their depth and the and the types of players that they had uh, is is a good mix, um, and and the overall talent is just is a lot better. And uh, I actually, I think on the depth, I would go with the 2012 team here. Um, you did mention Deron Williams. Uh, he was at or near his peak at that point in time. Kobe, even though he was 34. Uh, Still putting up monster numbers on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Harden was just coming to his own. Chris Paul, I got to put him up there right with Stockton, to be honest. Um, his passing ability um, was outstanding. I, I know he was averaging nine assists, I believe, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, very good player. Um, and then Westbrook. Uh, granted, he was uh, still, I think he was 23 at the time. But, uh, you know, he was averaging well over 20, getting the assists. He even has pretty good rebounds for a guard. i got to give him credit for that one. Um, of course, Drexler dominated on the boards, too, on the 92 team. But if I'm, if I'm willing, I'm pretty close to giving – I do give Jordan the, the edge over Bryant, but I could call it a wash. I could see myself doing that. So then that would leave me with what's left. And I just don't think that Magic at that point in his career, especially not even playing the year before, um, was really much – of a threat to anybody on that 2012 team. So I'm giving that depth to the, the 2012 team. Uh, Kevin, let's go to you and let's bring that Jordan Kobe Bryant argument back because that's, that's one of the best arguments you're going to get in, in basketball yeah. um, other than Jordan LeBron, but we're doing guards. So yeah. I, I agree. Uh, as far as depth, I would give that to the 2012 team also. Um, with uh, Harden and Westbrook behind Kobe. Um, but if we're looking just strictly at Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant, who two of the biggest names in basketball, um, you know, you, you match them up next to each other and stats wise, um, I mean, they're close, but I have to give the edge to Michael Jordan. Uh, Michael Jordan played less seasons than Kobe Bryant, um, five, five less seasons, but he won more championships. Um, made playoffs 13 out of the 15 seasons um, they played in, uh, made 14 all-star games. Kobe made 18 though. So Kobe got more all-star games than him, but um, Jordan's won more season MVPs, more final MVPs. Um, They both basically made all NBA team about the same. Kobe Bryant edged them by one. Um, And then uh, for the NBA first team, that is uh, all NBA teams, Kobe Bryant edged them 15 to 11. Um, Michael Jordan got Defensive Player of the Year award. Kobe Bryant didn't. Um, Michael Jordan, I feel, was a better um, two-way player. Um, I think he played defense a little bit better than Kobe Bryant. Um, Jordan won 10 scoring leader titles. Kobe Bryant won two. Um, Michael Jordan led uh, in steals uh, three seasons. Kobe Bryant didn't. Michael Jordan won Rookie of the Year. Kobe Bryant didn't in their rookie season. Um, points per game, Michael Jordan had more rebounds per game. Jordan had more assists per game. Jordan had more steals per game, blocks per game. Jordan had more. Um, and even though Jordan played, um, five less seasons, he only, he only scored about 1400 points less than Kobe Bryant total for the, his whole career. He could put that up in one season. Um, and he played five less seasons, um, rebounds. He was only 400 behind Kobe Bryant total stats, season stats, um, 700 less assists, um, had more steals, had more blocks total. Um, and he only played uh, in total about 240, no, 250 ish less games 
And if Jordan would have had the same amount of games, I think he would have destroyed Kobe Bryant in every single category. I think he was a better all-around player, both sides of the ball. Um, he made the he made clutch shots. Um, I feel more than Kobe Bryant has. Though Kobe Bryant, he did put up what an eighty-point game. I don't think Michael Jordan ever did that. Um, Count his sixty-point games, and then let's see who's leading. Actually, Kobe Bryant, um, if I'm not mistaken, had more sixty-point games than LeBron and, and Jordan combined, if I remember correctly from what I read. Helps uh, when you don't pass the ball. Well, <laughs> I knew somebody was going to say it. Yeah, <laughs> true. But Kobe Bryant didn't really have as good of a team as. Jordan did to pass the ball. Yeah, he had Shaquille O'Neal and he had Gasol for a little bit and Odom, but let's be honest. Metal World Peace. Let's not forget Metal World Peace. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Rick, Rick, Rick Fox. Stands Rick in a Fox. Game. When he's not, yeah, when he's not jumping to the stands, he could pass it to him. And that actually happened when he was in Indiana, not LA. So, You're right. Um, so, yeah, I got to give right. it to Michael Jordan just because of the overall stats and he played less games and beat Kobe Bryant and more categories. All right. Let's keep it short. Brett guards overall 12 or 92. Believe it or not. I can't believe I'm going against my man, MJ. Um, but for just the overall, what I think is depth for the 2012 team, looking at some of the players there that they were in their peak. And we talked about Chris Paul. I think Chris Paul early in his career, kind of got the short end of the stick being with the Hornets and not really having anybody built around him yet. He was still putting up those assists and steal numbers that he was, but you know, uh, overall short and I'm going to have to go with the 2012 team uh, in this category uh, overall. I'm taking 2012 as well. Pretty much for all the reasons you mentioned, um, Brian, who are you taking? I'm going to stick with 92, but uh, it's definitely close. It's, you know, it really could be a toss up. Like I said, you, know, you have to factor in the fact that the 2012 team had an extra player in the guards category, so that kind of throws things a little bit. But yeah, I, I still would take the four the four guards that were on the '92 team over the, the the five that were on the 2012 team. Kevin, yeah, I'm gonna have to go with 2012 due to depth. If Michael Jordan went down in '92, I don't think Clyde Drexler could have filled his shoes. Westbrook and Harden, I think, could have definitely picked up for Kobe Bryant one word answer from mm -hmm. each of you if Dwayne Wade and or Derrick Rose are healthy which guard are they replacing on the 2012 team Kevin um I would take uh I'd take away Harden Harden Brett um looking at the team I guess they're saying Whew. If they're healthy, if they're healthy, I'm taking Derrick Rose over Westbrook, and I'd take um, Dwayne Wade to take out Darren Williams. Brian? Yeah, same deal. I'm taking Darren Williams out. Uh, he's the weak link on this team. I'm taking Harden out, putting Wade in, and the Rose, Deron Williams is tough, tough. Could go either way on that. I mean, I think people forget how good Rose was back then before all his injuries. They see him now. He's kind of a shallow player he used to be. But uh, it's nice to see 2012 win a section. And here I thought it was going to be straight 92. So that's great. All right, let's move on to the final section of the players, which is going to be our college player representatives for each team. That was Christian Leitner for the 92 team. Uh, just finished his uh, final year at Duke. And on the 2012 team, we got uh, freshman, finished <laughs> freshman here from Kentucky, Anthony Davis. All right, so we got one guy who's fresh out of college, and we got one guy who really just has started his college exper experience. Uh, so... We're taking them at that point in their careers, not what they've done since. Um, Brian, who do you like? Well, I, I mean, it kind of, even though, I, I mean, I don't really like Leitner too much as far as, I, you know, we, we kind of saw what he was all about. I mean, he peaked out that year in 92 in Duke, you know, I mean, his, his crowning moment was making that, uh, 
uh, that game-winning oh, shot against yeah. Kentucky, and 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 it was pretty much all downhill from him for him mm-hmm. after that. He was what the third or fourth uh, guy taken in the draft, and and he just he never materialized and never really found the magic again. Um, but he almost has to win by default in this, just because at this point in time, uh, you know, Davis was a freshman. I mean, he just he was so you know he was so raw at that point in time. I mean, you saw the talent. Um, and obviously he has the size and everything, but, um, you know, his skills were just so raw. He's, he was not the polished player that, he, that, you know, he has become today. So, uh, yeah, so I, I got to go advantage later, um, even though it kind of puts a bad taste in my mouth. Kevin, who are you taking? Yeah, actually, I agree with everything that Brian said on that because you took out what they've done since. Obviously, if you keep what they've done since, you know, Latner is shot like completely out of this picture like they I think it's had a way better career obviously um but you know, Chris, Chris, Christian Leitner gets no no respect everybody hates him uh I, I'm not, not that I hate him I'm not a huge Duke fan but he, he gets mm-hmm. no respect he did make the all-star game in the NBA at, one time at one, point. one time okay he uh, he put up 18 points in his rookie year uh over there in uh was I think Atlanta I think he went to his first year or I don't even remember no I'm sorry T-Wolves Whatever. The point is he gets no respect, but I'm sorry. Go, go ahead, Ken. Oh, I mean, Brian pretty much hit it on the head. I don't, I don't have anything else to add because based on that, I mean, a freshman basically, I mean, it's kind of equivalent to LeBron coming out of, of out of high school and playing, but the only difference is LeBron had skill. LeBron was good. Um, you know, Anthony Davis was a freshman and just getting started and, um, you know, it's kind of hard to compare, you know, him to Latin. Latner was a, and you're right. He hit that game winning shot. Ducky. And that's pretty much what boosted his, his, uh, aura or whatever you want to call it. Um, and got his name out there. Um, and he did have a good, good career in, in Duke, but he fizzled almost immediately. Right. Let me, let me, let me, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you two questions. So just give me one word answer on this first question. Leitner or Davis. Later. Er, Brett. Yeah, I'm going to ask Brett. Uh, believe it or not, I, I'm going to go with Davis on this one. I've never been a Leitner fan. Oh, well, you know what? That Because of that, I'm going to let you make your argument. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, you can't judge a, a player by, you know, making one big shot. And, again, I know we're not looking at their overall career, but it, it has to go – you have to take a peek a little bit and look at it and see that what Leitner play. I mean – 12, 13 seasons in the NBA, and he made one all-star game early on. I mean, the guy – and I know we're talking about college and everything, and he was a, a decent college player. Hall of Famer, college Hall of Famer, actually. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, how could you not make that big shot? They have to put you in, right? Uh, it'd, be, it'd be sacrilegious if they didn't, especially for Duke. Uh, but, again, you look at – some of their stats, I mean, in college, just the games that they played in college, Leitner only had like one point more per game. Davis out-rebounded Leitner overall in their their college statistics. And again, they played close to the you know same amount of games. Um, you look at Anthony Davis had more assists per game uh, in his college career. So again, I'm just throwing the argument out there that as a college player, I think I'm going to go with Davis. I think he has more I should say he has more area to be useful to a team than just Leitner does. But the host said at that point in their career, that's me and me and Brian King agree. I'm pretty sure we agree with you on Davis. We would take Davis in a heartbeat, but based on what the host said was at that exact point of their career, who would you take? We, you don't know any of that stuff about Davis at that point in his career. So right, we, I mean, Davis was a—he was 19 years old at that point, right? I mean, right, you know, right. and Leitner was like 22, 23. Right. You know, so, so, do you still take Davis mm-hmm. at that point of their careers, I mean, not knowing Leitner? had already mm-hmm. had had already had four years under uh, Coach K to develop. Right. You Correct. know, Davis didn't have—he only had one season uh, in yeah. Kentucky to develop. I'm still going with Davis because I think forming team around he gives me more area to. Uh, use use him in. I can't find my words right now, but he gives me a better player that I can kind of mold into a team that I want. Whereas, honestly, I feel like I could find five Leitners throughout college at that point. 
Brett, I'm uh, since you're the only one to pick Davis, give me a, give me give me a one minute answer on this because we want to try and keep these at an hour here. So, um, since you're the one to pick Davis, do you take Shaquille O'Neal over Christian Leitner coming out of college to make that team? Because that was a big debate at the time that they didn't take Shaq because he had been eliminated early in the tournament. Leitner went all the way through the tournament, and that's why some feel that he got the pick over Shaq. What do you think? Can can I give you like a two second answer? I take yeah, Shaq. go ahead. I take Shaq immediately. <laughs> I mean, he he went straight to my Orlando Magic, and you know, watching him play, and uh, there's there, I knew right away him coming out of college, he was going to be a superstar. And again, looking at Leitner, I did even him making that big shot. I never thought in my mind, oh, this guy's going to be a NBA Hall of Famer. Never did. Again, that's just. Maybe that's just my opinion. Maybe it's because I don't like Duke. I was in, I'm a North Carolina because my mom was a North Carolina fan. That could be a little bit of bias there, but I mean, overall, I just, I, I saw more in Shaq or, you know, or da- I could see more in Davis than Leighton. And I don't even have to make my argument. Everybody knows who I'm taking. So <laughs> hey, let, let me say something on this. Uh, yeah. I mean, at the, if you're thinking about building a team here, all right. And, you, and it comes down between Christian Leighton and Shaq. And yes, they, Shaq better, you know, when, when he came out of college. But where are you going to put Shaq? You've already got yeah. and, and Ewing as, as your centers. I mean, Shaq's not going to play, period. Yeah. Leitner, you've got him as another forward. You've got older forwards on your team, you know, guys that, you know, maybe you're going to be winded, you know, towards the end of the game or something. So Leitner made a little bit more sense uh, just as far as, like, the team-building aspect of it. I, I, I just can't see putting Shaq in there in any spot. It just didn't, it just didn't fit. Um, even was probably the better player. Okay, I could see well, that. Let's uh, let's move on to our, our our final debate section before we uh, all give our last hurrah to see who we're going to choose. Um, competition, competition level of the teams played. So the '92 team played Angola, Germany, Brazil, Spain, Puerto Rico, Lithuania, Croatia twice. Uh, one of them being the gold medal games. Um, and I believe I listed the, that earlier as well. The teams that uh, 2012 played France, Tunisia, Nigeria, Lithuania, Argentina, Australia, Argentina again, and Spain in the gold medal game. So let's see. Kevin, I don't think we've gone to you first in a while. Who had the better competition? Um, hands down, 2012. And I already touched base on this a little bit earlier. Um where I mentioned that, you know, the 92 team only faced 17 other NBA players. Uh, they also had three former NBA players that they played against also. Um, whereas 2012 team, they faced 39 NBA players and then 18 former NBA players. Um, the other teams were um, better skilled um, in, the two, in the 2012 Olympics. Um, so, I mean, the competition was definitely better in 2012. I know, uh, the 92 team, they didn't even have to use one single timeout in the 92 Olympics, not one single timeout. Um, the biggest deficit that they had was uh, for nothing on them to start the game. And then after that, like they, um, they put up over a hundred points in every single game um, in 92, um, which they did not do in 2012. And I don't think it's because of the lack of skill. I think it's because the other teams were better. Um, so hands down, I mean, 2012 definitely had better matchups against them, um, than the 92 team. Ryan. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to agree that 2012 had the better competition. Um, I am going to say that, you know, when, when they got to the finals, um, the 92 team had to play Croatia and I mean, you still had Drazen, uh, Petrovic and you had Tony Kukoc uh, on that team. And they were, I mean, they were all-stars at that point, you know, so they, they weren't, you know, they weren't complete scrubs or anything. And, and the 92 team, you know, still, you know, still beat them by, uh, what was it, about 15 points or so. So, I mean, it, yes, the, the competition was a little bit better for 20, 2012, but, um, but then you look at the other side, they, the 2012 team struggled with some teams. I mean, they struggled with Lithuania, only beat them by five. They had that game um, earlier. I, I forget the team that they I forget the opponent off the top of my head now, but they um, Coach K actually had to had to bench all the starters and all the the yeah. uh, the backups came in in the right. second half. 
because uh, I mean they had started they, they had started down eight nothing and they were losing at halftime and then and then you know they uh, coach K makes that dramatic change. Um, so whereas yeah the competition was a little bit better with uh, with 2012. Um, I th- don't think it's like you can take it uh, you know at face value the the point differences for sure uh, the point differentials um, because the the 2012 team wasn't as you know, wasn't as good and and they they. Um, uh, you know, they, they, they didn't always focus either. I mean, there was, I remember there was that article out that was about how the, um, uh, the 2012 team had, they skipped practices and they weren't taking things seriously there in the earlier round. So, um, so it's, it's not just the competition. I mean, anybody can beat you. Anybody can give you trouble if you're not focused, you know? And so mm-hmm. uh, I think that plays a part as, in the equation as well. Uh, I'm going to give the competition to the 2012 team as well. Um, I'll throw this stat out here. The 92 team average win was 44 points. That was their average wins in the Olympics, 44 points. They won every game by at least 30 points. That tells me a lot about the competition they were playing. Um, now, there were some NBA players. You mentioned Kukoc, uh, Petrovic, uh, what, Detlef Shrimp uh, was on the Germany team. I mean, that guy was a first-rounder. He was a three-time All-Star in the NBA, two-time uh, Sixth Man of the Year award winner, great player. But there, there wasn't much other than that. I, uh, Sabonis played on, um, I want to say, Lithuania. Other than that, there weren't any names that really, you know, struck you on those 92 rosters. Um, Australia had Luke Longley, but uh, that, they didn't even play Australia in 92. Um, and Longley was just really an average center. Uh, you got a lot of titles with the Bulls, of course, mm-hmm. but, and then when I flip over and I, and I look at the, the 2012 team, I mean, France has got Tony Parker. Mm-hmm. He's a hall of famer, Boris Diaw, great player. Um, Argentina's got Ginobili. Um, uh, who else we got? Ginobili uh, gave him fits too. Exactly. And let's just look at Spain. You got the Gasol brothers. I mean, Sergey Ibaka, who, who, uh, has really been coming on uh, in some uh, past years there. So um, Jose Calderon is a pretty decent player as well. So I definitely got to give the edge, uh, especially in that gold medal game. Um, Spain really is – I think they had seven NBA players on that team. They're fielding an NBA team. So I, I don't think the competition level is even close. The 2012 team had a, a really uh, much harder challenge. And uh, uh, Kevin, I think I didn't come to you, right? No, I was the first one to go. You were the first yeah. one. That's all right. It, <laughs> yeah, I, I can make it simple. I mean, because you, you basically talked about some of the stats, too, that I knew about as far as like uh, point differential and wins and things like that. But, yeah, I agree with all you that um, just because of the amount of NBA players and really the the level that the – the global Europe league and things like that had grown into compared to, you know, the NBA back in the day was the NBA. There was just a, a ton of players from, you know, USA. Um, and I think that definitely 2012 had the tougher competition. Okay. All right. So the competition goes to the 2012 team. So let's bring it up here. We're going to give uh, each of you, let's say, try and keep it at a minute give your final analysis and who you would take. Um, And I'll just review real quick. The forwards was a sweep for 92. The guards was three to one for the 2012 team. The centers was a sweep for 92. Uh, Leitner three to one over Davis. And then the, uh, the competition was a sweep for the 2012 team. So uh, Brian, who you got? Overall, now that we've heard everything, who are you picking as your winner? Uh, I've got to go with 1992. Um, I mean, Chuck Daly was just like the perfect head coach for that team. Uh, um, that was, you know, the, the vintage kind of basketball that was going on at that point in time. Um, and then his team was just loaded. Uh, you know, like we said, the, he's got advantages forward, a uh, huge advantage at center. Um, I mean, at, at worst, the guards are awash. Um, so yeah, I just think the 1992 team is just, uh, completely stacked better. I think really, if you could sum it up in just one word, it would come down to physicality and uh, the, uh, the, the 2012 team just doesn't have it. They were more built for speed. 
um, and and that 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 just wouldn't that just wouldn't uh, it just wouldn't work um, against this team. So yeah, I'm gonna go with 1992. 92, Kevin. Um, based on physicality, the size. Um, Restful decision for it. I, it. Well, it is. I, I, I did like the 2012 team, um, the players on them. Um, and I feel like uh, if they played the 92 team in 2012, like I said earlier, I think they would take them. But then vice versa, I think 2012 would lose in 92. But based on the on um, the accolades, the awards, the number of NBA titles, MVPs, scoring titles, I mean – 92 team uh, all-star games. They had over combined all-star games um, compared to, I think it was only 90 something uh, for the 2012 team. Um, I just feel like all around um, that the 92 team was better. Um, physical, they would have destroyed them. Height, they destroyed them. Size, they destroyed them. Uh, uh, 2012 had the edge on speed. But I think that 92 too much for the 2012 team. Okay. Red. Um, I'll give you my reasons, and uh, you can probably see where I'm going with this. But uh, my reasons, uh, I'm going to be taking the 1992 team. Um, I mean, touching on Brian's point, the centers are just, it's just such an overwhelming uh, advantage to the 92 team to me in that category. Uh, I, that's going to be hard to overcome for a team that builds off a of speed to have that type of size down center. It's to me, again, they can't get over it. Um, MJ, Michael Jordan, uh, that man could will a team to a win over anyone. Um, really he could. And I, <laughs> I felt that I wasn't even a Bulls fan. I was just a Jordan fan. Um, so I would say that. Uh, and then again, Kevin, I agree with you. You look at what you can't avoid, 1990, again, I agree with your point, though, too. 92 team in 2012 might struggle more, but the 2012 and 92, I think, is a clear win for me uh, in 92. I definitely like that point you brought up. But, again, you look, the 92 team, 11 Hall of Famers, 11. I mean, that that's oh. a – all but Leitner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Everyone by Leitner. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah, it's no, I know. I know. <laughs> um, and then the last point I'll make is uh, in, I got to go to the 96 Olympics and I got to watch half of these guys who came back for the 1996 dream team play. Um, and again, there were some different player, key players in key positions like Shaquille O'Neal was a center for the 96 team, things like that, but watching them play and still watching their dominance in 1996 just cements for me again, uh, 1992. So I'm going. So it is a tougher decision than uh, what some people out there would probably think. But I, I remind myself that the name of the show is Legacy Battle. So Legacy, if I'm thinking Legacy and not who would win in a one-on-one -on -one game, the 92 team has the legacy of being the team that started it all. And that has been going on for what, 20, oh my goodness, has it been 30 years? Wow, almost. <laughs> almost, almost 30 years. And people still talk today as that being the greatest basketball team ever assembled. So from a pure legacy standpoint, their legacy is greater than probably any basketball team there's ever been. Um, I can't think of any other team that gets talked about as much as that. Um, especially on the international level. Um, you brought up the Hall of Famer point, um, 11 Hall of Famers from the 92 team. You look at the 2012 team, I mean, Durant, James, Anthony, Westbrook, Kobe, Harden, Chris Paul, probably Kevin Love, they're all going to the Hall of Fame. Deron Williams is, may or may not get in. Um, Anthony Davis is on his way. Uh, he's got a long road to go yeah. still. but. But Iguodala is probably not getting in, um, and Tyson Chandler's not getting in. I, I couldn't imagine that happening. So um, just from a legacy standpoint, and I'll make my final words this. There was one man who was part of both teams. That's Coach K. Coach K said in an interview with Bloomberg um, that no one is better 
than the 92 Dream Team. If it's good enough for Coach K, good enough for me. Clean sweep for the 92 team and a win in the first Legacy Battle podcast. So good show, guys. I appreciate it. Just want to announce that um, next month we're going to try and have our second podcast on June 18th. It's another Thursday night at 9 o'clock. Being Father's Day, we are going to do the best father-sons duo in sports history. See if we can uh, come to an agreement on that one. Um, and it's opened up to all sports, not just the four major sports. Uh, I just want to remind you all, join the Facebook group, invite your friends. You can uh, get them in, share the podcast. We'd love to get it out there. And, and hey, if you're interested in sponsoring, we'll definitely take your money and uh, put some signs up or whatever else we need to do um, for, you know, a future show or whatever. So thank you for joining us tonight. Have a wonderful evening. Thank Good night, you, everybody. Good night. Right. Take care. Good night.